You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. He who calls you is faithful because He will surely do it. Right? We'd, he calls us and then He also meets us right where we're at to do everything that He's called us to be a part of. We don't have to worry about, we don't get the assignment and then walk away trying to figure out, okay, how do I manage this? How do I handle this? How do I do all of this? He just asked us to be. The Bible is not a book about doing. The Bible is a book about being. So when the Lord calls us into something, He's just asking us to be who He's called us to be. Live every day as He's called us to be and He will do the rest. We've talked about this. We talked about it last week. But how many of us have found that when our focus is on Jesus, everything else falls into place? It just works out. It doesn't work out in the way that we thought, but it does work out. And the Lord does amazing things when we just allow Him to do it. There is provision in His will. So we know, we know before some of what He has already spoken can be, there must be a structure that can house these promises, right? The Lord is not going to speak something and then release it prematurely. He's going to make sure that the house is readily built on the solid rock, that it would support all that He has for us to do, right? The Lord, I mean, and just look at it logically in your own life. The things that the Lord has released for you even recently in the last few years, would you have been able to handle that 20 years ago? No. The Lord had to build you up. He had to get you to this place where you were not only in your life, but in your walk with Him where you were ready to support all that He had to bring. All that He had to bring through you. We know this. This is a logical step and the Lord is doing it here. He is molding and building that what He desires to do through us doesn't destroy us. He's building new things. A house that can be what He needs it to be. Making sure the foundation is a solid rock and not sand. Money is sand. I was sitting with this. The Lord is like, money is sand. It is not a solid foundation. It is not something in which you want to build your life upon. How many really, really, really happy, joyful, walking with the Spirit people do we know that have pursued money and only money? I don't know very many happy ones. And money buys happiness. But happiness is fading. It doesn't exist very long. If I got a brand new truck, I'm telling you what, I was happy. And that truck breaks down. I'm not happy. Money buys to fix it, and I'm happy again. But happiness is fleeting. Joy is the consistency, the currency of heaven. And that is not bought, and that is not built. And that is not established by things that will be washed away when the tide comes in. This house will not be governed by a paper calculation of measure. I think it's funny that we find ourselves here when we are in premarital counseling with Kendall and Lindsay McDonald. And they were talking about how to manage finances as a couple, which I'm still awful at. I accept that Sarah's better at it than I am. I like, I've got a trigger finger and I love to buy things. And if the money's there, it's like, well, let's just buy it. I think like one step ahead. Sarah sees 40 steps ahead. Um, but Kendall said this to me and the Lord brought this back to my memory over the, over the break when I was sitting with him on Friday morning. Kendall said, why? Because I, I, I get stressed out about money. Money freaks me out. Or it used to. And 
Kendall said, why would you allow a paper calculation of measure to dictate how you perceived life? It's like allowing a calculator's answer because 2 plus 2 equals 4. It's like allowing that answer to be, well, my life is over because I thought it was 5. <laughs> it's silly, right? It doesn't make any sense. Why would I allow that answer to be the thing that governs my life? But we are existing in a world that allows this green paper to dictate their day by day by day. And we have churches now that will tailor the message. If there were ever a time for me to change the message so that more would come in, it's now. Can't do it. We can't do it. I can't do it because you wouldn't allow me to do it. Thank God. There's a lot of places that it's like, well, if we want more seats filled up, you better change. You better speak something that's more appealing. But we will not be governed by what governs the world, right? How can we be this community's church? Again, what we talked about last week. How can we effectively be this community's church if we are governed? By what governs them. How can we be in the world but not of it if we are governed by what governs the world? That's not in the world, not of it. That's in the world and of it. But we are in the world, not of it. Amen? So the Lord moves differently and it doesn't make sense to the world around us, but that's okay. It's not supposed to. We serve the God outside of all that controls this world. So let's not worry about the things that control this world. Because we serve the God outside of all of these things. So he is building. He is building a church in the world, not of it. Amen? Amen. But all this, and I told Jay, I, I may be up here for 30 seconds and I may not. We've got another worship set coming up because I sat, uh, we had just a little backstory. We, Thanksgiving was amazing. I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. Um, we got to be in Abilene, which is like what we've done our entire lives. Um, is go to Abilene for holidays. And we all got to be together again. But instead of like 20, 25 of us, which is what it was when we were growing up, there were 54 of us. Uh, my 90-year-old grandfather had like, what, 15 great-grandchildren. It's like, this is insane. Huh? 23. Okay, never mind. A few more snuck in there. Um, so it, there was a lot of people. All that to say... A lot of people make for not very many quiet places. So I went to a coffee shop and I just sat and I just began to sit with the Lord and allow Him to shape everything that He was saying and and put it together for me. Um, And as I just sat in there, He he started to challenge, challenge me. I'm just sitting there and this worship song is playing in my head. And he just began to challenge me. He said, would you right now, if I said, take the headphones out, play the music out loud and begin to praise my name in the midst of this place, that worship would break out in a strange place with people that maybe don't know God. Would you do it? I was like, it's going to be a hard pass for me. I don't want to do that. I don't think that me singing could lead anybody to the Lord. (laughs) I was worried about it. But the Lord was, and it, it, what the song, all this song was, and we're going to sing this later, but all it was, all they were saying was holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. It's like, man. And I began to see these people as they walked in. 
to this atmosphere of praise, I began to see people worshiping in a strange place. And then I began to get really excited. Okay, are we about to do this? And the Lord's like, no. No, we're not about to do this. But do you see what it requires? It's like it requires all of me. That I wouldn't hesitate for a moment. I wouldn't doubt for a second. I wouldn't be worried about what people would think if they looked at me. I mean, I don't know why I'd really care anyways. I'll never go in that place. I'll never see any of those people again. Remember? Sonder this word. I was a background character in 50 different lives. All these people that were passing by me lived a complex and colorful and vibrant story. Just as complicated and, and vibrant and complex as mine. And I was just a, I was a, I was a background role for a second. But what in that second did they encounter? And he, he was just beginning to bring me to this point. They can't encounter me if you have only offered a part of yourself to me. And so the Lord continued to lead me to this question. After everything that we've talked about last week and all that he is building, because we can clearly see that the Lord is building. He is, he is building a new wineskin for new wine. He is building new things. He is doing new things in this season. This is a brand new season for this house. He's doing new things in it. And so looking at all that he's doing, all that we've talked about over the last two years, can you be a part of it while only offering a part of yourself? You could be a part of church for a long time only offering a part of yourself to it. You can show up to the activities when you're available. You can give them a little hoorah, a little clap, a little amen every now and then in the service. You might even get that hand out of the pocket. You know, a little spirit finger or something. And that's been okay for a long time. But you tell me now, can you say with confidence that I can be a part of all that the Lord is doing right here, right now, only giving a part of myself to it? Can we? This is how we have walked with the Lord for a long time. This is how, how Christians have done church. It's how they've done fellowship. We offer a piece of our lives, right? A picture, right? When we do fellowship stuff, we've talked about this. How are you doing? Oh, good. Everything's great. Everything's great. I found myself doing this so often over Thanksgiving. You got 54 people that are asking how you're doing. It's like, a, things are heavy. I'm processing a lot of crazy stuff right now. How are you? And they're just like, I'm good. <laughs> they don't want to talk to the crazy guy that's honest. And I found myself, they would ask how I'm doing. And they would ask how the church is doing. And I would just, oh, it's good. It's great. Like everything returned back to normal since COVID. It's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and I would, the Lord just like, why are you lying? And it's not a bad thing that I have to say in response to that. But we, we have been so conditioned not to be honest with one another. So how can we expect that we have ever been fully honest with God? If I, can, if I can't be honest with you, I'm not honest with God if I can't be honest with you. Because we're members of one another. We reflect each other. We feed into one another. And everything comes from that place of relationship with God first there's division here it's because there's division in my heart with God so if I'm not speaking truth with you I'm not speaking truth with him either 
And so I was, I was not convicted because that doesn't exist. Conviction, you tell me when you've been convicted and not also felt guilty. And God is not a God that brings guilt. He does show the standard of Jesus, who Jesus was, the life He lived. And then He'll allow you to see yourself and see what's missing. And not that it's missing because He has withheld it from you, but it's a part that has been given to you that you have not received for yourself. He has not withheld any good thing from us. Not a person in this room or on this earth has the Lord withheld anything from. But we have not received all of it. We have not claimed all of it. Again, Graham Cook, I say this quote all the time. It's one of my favorites of all time. Mainly because I got to witness it as he spoke it. But heaven is not a storage facility and it is full of what you will not ask God for. And heaven is not a storage facility because it is also full of what you will not receive that has already been given. He has already given it. He has not withheld any good thing, but we refuse to receive it because it requires all of me. How can I walk in the fullness of who He's called me to be partially? I can't. Jesus operate as the Prince of Peace, the Son of God, the Lamb that was to be slain, did He do it with one foot in and one foot out? How was He baptized? Was He fully immersed or did He just dip His toes in, get a little sprinkle from John and that was it? No, He was immersed in it. He walked in fullness of obedience. Turn with me to Galatians 2, verse 20. We cannot offer a piece of our lives to Him. We have to offer Him the fullness We have to offer Him all of ourselves if we want to be a part of all that He is doing. Verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. This is not my life anymore. And we don't like that statement. We really don't like that statement. We don't like coming to this reality that I am, not, I am not in charge of my days. And, and we miss a lot in that, but the thing that we have to just come to terms with right now is that Jesus paid a price for you. Not that you could go on doing whatever the heck you want to, as it has been taught. For freedom, He set us free. Freedom's a person. So you can't experience freedom without that person. Freedom is Jesus. You have been made. All things are made for Him and through Him. Not partial things. Not some things. So this life that you were meant to live was meant to live for Him. Can we agree on that? And it's no longer you who live, but Christ in you because He paid a price for you. That means your day to day are to be His. But He gives you a choice. You can choose to stay in my will or you can choose to leave it. Each and every day, each and every moment of that day. And we've talked about that. We've talked about how we we fade in and out of the will of God a thousand times a day because we ask questions we're not meant to ask or we we begin to struggle with things that are, are are, are not meant for us to carry, right? Turmoil is not meant for us. We are not made for turmoil. We're not made to strive. We're not made to work harder at being who God has already created us to be. We've got to be careful with those ING words. Randy said this recently. But we have got to get out of this mentality of I am becoming. I am being, I am, there is a restoring in me. This becoming thing is this future tense. It's not all the way happening. 
It's only happened in part. But you tell me right now, has the Lord withheld any good thing from you? So there's no becoming. There's just being right now, period. We don't have to walk towards it. We don't have to work harder for it. We just have to be who God has called us to be right now. And submit to the blood of the Lamb that has freed us from death, that has freed us from sin. And, I, and recognize and come to terms with this fact that it is not my life, it is His. Heaven sent the Son to pay for you, to pay for me, that heaven may consume you, that the Spirit may dwell in you now. And again, like we asked earlier and like we asked last week, I'll ask it again. When has your way and your plan and your will worked out better for your life than the will of God? Please come here and give me testimony of the time that you chose to do your own thing and it actually worked out exactly how you needed it to. It don't ever work out, Jay. It doesn't. But I'm telling you what, right now, there's testimony. I, I don't know anybody's story better than I know my own. And I'm telling you right now, that little girl was dedicated on this stage because, and we didn't do any, we, we had great people that loved us and gave us an example of just walking with the Lord. And I'll be honest, I stumbled into this because I didn't have a clue what the heck I was supposed to do. Not a clue. I went to that coffee shop to meet with Kendall the day I would find out about being Sundown's youth pastor, and I was aimless. Aimless. I was probably going to sign up for another semester of college, right? Just to take another victory lap. Six, six, six years of charm, right? Yeah, really encouraging for my parents. Really encouraging for them. And the Lord found us. And now there's, there's life and families because the Lord found us. And there's another family here, my little sister, because they just focused on him. And they didn't care where it led. And they knew it would work out if they focus on him. And things have just fallen into place. And in your story, have things not just fallen into place when you've allowed God to be God and you've focused on him and not worried about everything else. So why then do we only give him part of ourselves? Turn with me to Romans 8. Start in verse 26. Romans 8 is a beautiful passage that speaks with so much clarity about the life that we're meant to live, the life that we now have access to because of the blood of the Lamb that was slain for us, because he who knew no sin became sin for us. Verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And He who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose, for those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, in order that He might be the firstborn among many brothers. 
And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. All things work together for the good of those that love him. And that includes the bad things that we can't understand. That includes the circumstances that don't make any sense, that hurt really bad. The, 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 the moments of grief that we have in our story, the moments of heartache that we have in our story, the good, the easy, and the difficult. He works for the good of those that love him. So why not give yourself to him completely? Is there, can we come up with any reason why we would not give why we would not give ourselves fully to the one that will work all things for my good? Even the impossibly difficult things, he'll work for my good. Why would we not give ourselves completely to him? It makes no sense. And you are here for a reason. You are connected to this house for such a time as this. And you are connected to this house and you are connected in this time for such a time as this. Not that you would partially live for Him. Not that you would partially give yourself over to what He's doing in this place, but that He would have full control, full power and authority over the life that you live. That each and every day, each and every moment of every day, you would say yes and amen to all that He has for you and you would walk in obedience to all that He shows you. Because in that place... Do we establish the kingdom of heaven? In that place is our house built on solid rock and not sinking sand. In that place is the world around us transformed. But it cannot be transformed in any other place. And it cannot be transformed if we only partially live for Him. The ministry of reconciliation was entrusted to us that we would reconcile the world back to God. The world, all of it, back to God. You tell me how... How how good are we doing at reconciling sundown back to God while doing it partially? It's not going to be great. It's going to be real hard, real difficult. But he didn't say just sundown. He said the world. He said, go and make disciples of all nations. We cannot do these things, these impossible things that he has spoken over our lives that are for us to do if we only give him a piece of our hearts. He's got to have it all. But again, I'd ask you to think about your life and when has Him having all of your life worked out poorly for you? Not a single time. Not a single time. That doesn't mean God... And and hear this. that, That doesn't mean that you are free from difficult times. There's heartache and there's loss and there's difficulty in every one of our stories. We've all experienced it. We all have much more to come. But again, I would ask, when has His grace and His mercy and His love ever fallen short for your story? When has it not ever worked out in your favor? Because I'm telling you right now, I have a pretty amazing life and it's all because I went to have coffee with someone that was obedient to what the Lord had showed him. Because Randy and Kendall were obedient to what the Lord had showed them that they would take a risk on this guy that was aimless. They didn't take a risk. They were just operating in obedience. And now look at where we are. What an amazing story. What a powerful story. And the Lord, I'm telling you right now, the time that we're entering into, He must have it all. If He has only a part, you won't be a part of what He's got to do. You can't. He needs His sons and daughters to give Him everything. In every moment, every breath, every time we sing, 
Give him all you have. Because we cannot help him build what he's building. We cannot be co-laborers with Christ if we have one foot in, one foot out. It starts with us giving him all that we have. Amen. Giving and submitting all of our life, every moment of our day. That you could find yourself in a coffee shop and the Lord would say, you begin to praise my name right here in this place. And you would not hesitate to do it. How beautiful would that be? If you walked into a strange place and found the Spirit of the Lord already moving in the hearts of this place that you entered into for the first time. How amazing would that be if you were walking with the Lord and you just went in to enter a a boutique or a coffee shop or a restaurant and people weren't doing what you expected them to do. They were praising God. How amazing would that be? Just dream with me for a second. How amazing would that be? How awesome and encouraging would that be? to see people that did not know Jesus encounter him in a single moment and give his give their life to him in that very moment that's what we saw in Acts 2 we saw Peter speak in obedience and then we saw thousands of people just instantaneously okay you can have it all they gave Christ their lives in that moment because they heard one word because someone operated in obedience but he the Lord had all of Peter's heart and the Lord wants all of yours And so again, I I said that I didn't think I was going to speak for very long, and I'm not, uh, because I just, and again, I I want you to know, the Lord told me not to start praising His name right there in that coffee shop. He needed to show me a point. But He did say that there needs to be a time where we praise His name this morning. Because not only does he want to shift our hearts and give us the opportunity to receive and claim all that is for us and has been spoken over us and give him every aspect of our lives in this moment, but he desires the children of God that he has full authority over that have given him their entire lives. He desires those children to praise his name in fullness and to speak his name in power and to praise his name without any hesitation, just praise God. And so I wanted us to have that moment this morning that we would just be able to come together as a family and we would praise God together for what He's done, what He's doing, and what He's going to do. And that we would speak in fullness and in power and authority knowing that God is going to move through you, through me, through this house to establish His kingdom, to establish the ministry of reconciliation. He has chosen you. He has predestined you for such a time as this. You've existed in his heart for all of eternity and he placed you here and now for a reason. And it wasn't so that you would live a life that was partially his. It's that you would live a life that is fully his. Amen? So I would just ask for this morning that we praise God coming to this place and claiming this place that he is fully mine and I am fully his. And there is nothing that I will withhold from him. He commands my days whatever he needs me to do he commands my days can we say that today it's important i'm telling you right now it is important for what comes next because what comes next will leave us behind if we're only giving him a part we've got to give him all he can't build a new place with one hand tied behind his back he needs everything he needs his co-laborers this morning he desires for us to walk together completely and totally submitted to all that he has for us can we do that church okay so i would just ask you you said you can so i tricked you it's a contract so you said yes some of you kind of like 
just kind of gave me a secret nod, like, yeah, as they're stretching. But I count it. If you, if you were breathing in that moment, you signed the contract, okay? So you're in it. And what, I asked this in Sunday school, but if the people, just look at our small town, small town, we were listening to a podcast and they were talking about this thing that happened in a town of 12,000. They're like, 12,000, that's so small. Like, you ain't got a clue, buddy. <laughs> we're a big town for small towns. We've got a thousand. We've got four digits here, all right? There's a lot of towns It's like, well, we got 50 people. Um, so we're a big small town. But in this, in this town, or in, in, even in West Texas, which still isn't all that big, do you feel confident that someone else will step up that you don't have to? That someone else will come to proclaim the good news of Christ and show them the face of Jesus and the fullness of the Holy Spirit so that you don't have to? Because I'm not confident in that. I believe, I truly believe that the Lord has called all of us for such a time as this. So if we don't, establish the kingdom and give him all that we have and give him our lives fully that people would know who he is and know who they are in him who else will do it if not us then who and that wherever you go that is true for your own life where the neighborhood you live in you live in that house who will bring the good news of Jesus and the freedom of Jesus and the Holy Spirit to your neighbors if not you it is for you to do so give them all that you have because they're, he, you are the answer to their prayers. Even the ones they haven't prayed yet. There would be people that would not know Jesus and he said, I'll send you. And he has sent us to this city. So let's fully submit to all that he has for us because if not us, then who? If we don't establish the kingdom of heaven in this city, who else will? I don't want to wait to find out. I don't want to be one that watches somebody else establish the kingdom of heaven where I was meant to. And I don't want to face him on that day. And I don't want to stand before him with wood, hay, and stubble to be tested in the fire. Because I did not live for him when he asked me to. I want precious gems and jewels. I want everything of my life to be offered to him at his feet, and I want none of it to be burned. I want it to all be what lasts. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.